This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G Sports.com. What a whirlwind of Razorback recruiting. We're going to talk about all the latest Razorback commitments that have just happened A big decision coming up with Isaiah Joe. We're going to talk with Curtis Wilkerson about that and some of the things going on with the start of whatever you want to call them, the training camps, the OTA stuff with football and basketball. We'll get into that, and we'll answer your questions as well. All that and more on Hogsports Live. Before we get started, of course, as always, there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always you can always follow the page on Facebook and watch on Facebook Live, where we always run the show live, hence the name Hog Sports Live. Be sure to throw us a thumbs up if you like the content. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a like there if you like the content there as well. And interact with the video, share the video, uh, subscribe to the page, and also hit the notifications bell so you're notified anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Apple Podcasts. Throw us a five-star review if you like the show. Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. Hogsports.com is just $1 right now for your first month or 30% off of your first year. It's a good time to sign up because looking like we're going to have football, I guess. There's a big decision coming with SEC presidents. They're supposed to meet on the 30th. These are the people that scare me. The ADs, the coaches, the players, <laughs> they all seem to want to play football and stuff, but these presidents scare me a little bit. I don't know the presidents as well. I don't know any of these guys. I just imagine them a little, you know, buttoned up, trying to stop the world from getting coronavirus. Anyway, got to move forward with it safely, obviously. I think everybody's on board with that. But, man, this makes me nervous. July 30th, 14 member institution representatives will meet. So that's a big meeting, I think. Been on the books for a while. I want to shift over to recruiting real quick. Again, as I mentioned, Curtis Wilkerson is going to join us, and he's going to talk some basketball and stuff. We're going to talk about football, just some of the stuff that have happened in the last few days. First, though, i got to mention this. Our man Danny West, congratulations, Danny, to he and his wife, Ashley, uh, for the birth of their second daughter, Mason Lynn West. And uh, it was a bit of a surprise, a bit of a scare there, but everything's working out, everything's going well, and – Things are moving in the right direction there. So congratulations to Ashley and Danny. I wanted to read what he had posted on our message board, the Razor's Edge with our community, which is very much like a family, and just kind of sharing the experience that he went through. But uh, as I was reading it, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was. It made me cry, and I wasn't going to cry on camera, even though something like that, obviously, okay to cry. But things are moving, moving in the right direction. Congratulations, Danny. So first, in recruiting world, Solomon Wright commits to Arkansas. He flips from Texas Tech to Arkansas. This is the defensive tackle out of Vian. Vian, you know, I've never said that out loud before. Oklahoma, six foot, two hundred seventy pounder. We've talked about him a little bit on the show. Uh, A guy that's really fast off the ball. Ranked number 
eight player in Oklahoma on 24 sevens, and on the composite, he's number 13 in Oklahoma, number 22 defensive tackle in the country, and number 41 on those respective lists. But this is a guy that was committed to Texas Tech, flipped to Arkansas, also had Iowa State, Kansas, Memphis, Missouri, Oklahoma State. So some interesting offers. He's a little limited in frame potential at being about six foot two seventy. But there have been plenty of other defensive tackles. I mean, the best defensive tackles to ever play the game don't actually fit the mold of what a defensive tackle should look like. Maybe that should be reevaluated. Anyway, he's a good-looking prospect. Guy with some potential. Comes off the ball fast. I love that. Then it was Aaron Outley's turn. July 18th, Aaron Outley commits. 6'4", 245. He's about 255 now. He had offers from... Texas A&M, Florida State, Michigan, Penn State, LSU, Ole Miss, Oregon, Tennessee, several others. First tight end commitment in the class. And I'll say this about Outley also. I mean, he had, these these are legit offers. I mean, there was a time where Steve Wiltfong, who hits at about 93% on his crystal ball projections, projected Outley to go to Florida State. Now, he, he, he changed it back to Arkansas after a little while, but there was a point where he thought he was he might be headed to Florida State. Then Cameron Little, three-star kicker out of Moore, Southmore in Oklahoma. 6'2", 170-pounder. He's the number – so for those who don't understand how kicker ratings work, you'll never see a four-star kicker. The highest-ranked kickers are always three stars, and there's not a lot of them. Little's the number three-ranked prospect kicker prospect in the country. Arkansas was his best option. In 10 games, he was 5 of 7 on field goals, 14 of 14 on extra points, 34.3 yards per punt, and along with 65, 20 touchbacks on his kickoffs. Number three ranked kicker in the country. It's been a while since Arkansas has brought in a scholarship, <clears throat> excuse me, has brought in a scholarship kicker, uh, I believe since 2015. Now, it was Cole Hedlund who didn't work out at Arkansas. He was actually better at North Texas than he was at Arkansas. Came in, I think, what did he go, like 4 of 4 against Arkansas when he was at North Texas that year? year before last so anyway he had some options Nevada kickers usually don't get scholarship offers coming out usually like a earn the the offer if you win the job you know but Air Force Army Navy Nevada some of the schools that were after him with offers a lot of others were recruiting him to come on and then on July 23rd Landon Rogers comes back to Arkansas so Landon Rogers committed The day he was offered, which was like April, or I think April, and the the day he was offered, he committed, and he was jacked up. And when he decommitted, which I think was June, when he decommitted, I was shocked. I could not believe after, you know, talking to him the way he talked about Arkansas that he would decommit. And then, you know, fast forward to July 23rd, Arkansas also gets another commitment, um, you know, after he had committed. And Lucas Coley, that didn't play any role. But I think Landon felt like he may have jumped the gun, got a little too excited and committed and wanted to think about it more. And he told me the more he thought about it, the more he realized he was just a hog. So that's kind of what I thought from talking to him the first time, that this guy's all Arkansas. So it shocked me when he decommitted. But he's back on board I wonder, I, don't, I didn't ask him about the Aaron Outley commitment, but that, that possibly played a role also. But he, was real, he really liked what he hear, heard from Kansas. Kansas, you know, went after him first. They were 
they were in heavy pursuit of him for a long time. And then Arkansas got the first commitment of the 2022 class in J.J. Hollingsworth. Now, Hollingsworth is a guy that we just recently interviewed. And, in fact, Danny interviewed a ton of players from Tulsa, from Little Rock area, Maumel, um, Nico Davier, Andrew Shambly, um, J.J. Hollingsworth from Greenland, a ton of players from Tulsa, Little Rock. I mean, really got out and saw, you know, the Parkview guys, Aaron Outley, James Joyner, uh, Landon Rogers, um, did a good job getting a lot of a lot of good content. And you can watch all those videos on Hog Sports. They're all VIP stories, but you can watch them all. And this one with J.J. Hollingsworth I thought was a great video too that Danny did, 6'3", 245. Arkansas offered him – 11 days before he made his decision to commit. And he was the eighth prospect uh, in the state of Arkansas in what is really developing as a strong-looking class when you consider the number of offers and, and rankings. When you consider the way the players are ranked, they're you know mid-range, 86, three-star type of player. There, it, you have to go back to like 2015 since Arkansas has had that. Even in the 2019 class, which was really strong, was really more top-heavy. This is you know a lot more balanced. You had like 23-star players in the state, which is a good good number for Arkansas. Hollingsworth is a guy that was going to pick up more offers. Obviously, he hasn't even played his sophomore season yet. Junior season, excuse me. He just played his sophomore. Oh, and he went to Fayetteville. Um, saw those guys, Isaiah Satania up there, who's currently ranked the number one prospect in the state. So you should definitely go check out all the videos. And, you know, they're all in article format also. Um, so, Arkansas is up to 17 commitments, the number 28th ranked class in the country. I think there are some guys on this list that have a chance to move up in, in ranking, but it's difficult when you don't have the opportunities to go to camps. And, you know, our analysts like Gabe Brooks, who does Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana, um, and Arkansas, of course, he hasn't had the opportunity to like go to spring practices or go, you know, watch kids over the summer or go visit and interview. You know, all of those things play a role in the evaluation process. But right now, Arkansas has commitments from Tulsa Union running back AJ Green, 5'11, 194. Oklahoma City Carl Albert running back Javion Hunt, 6'205. So if nothing changes there, they're good there. That's probably the best group. I mean, that's the two highest-ranked commitments are running backs, A.J. Green and, and Javion Hunt. Green is ranked 179 on the composite. He's 111 on 24-7 sports. Hunt is ranked 397 overall in the country. That's the number three and five players in Oklahoma. He's a little bit higher ranked on 24-7 sports. He's the 24 running back on the 24-7 sports composite, which, again, combines all the rankings, and he's 21 um, on 24-7 sports. But number five on the composite in Oklahoma, and A.J. Green's number three in Oklahoma. Raheem Sanders is a guy that I love, 6'2", 210. You could do a lot of different things with him. I like him at wide receiver, but he could play anywhere. Nicknamed Rocket Sanders. Terry Wells. Uh, and Raheem Sanders out of Rockledge, Florida, number 402 ranked player in the country, number 28 athlete. Terry Wells, 6'4", 306, number 431. And he is the number 37 offensive tackle prospect in the country. And Wells is actually a four-star on the 24-7 sports individual site ranking. Keon Parker, 5'11", 173 cornerback. 
number 34, number 10 in, in Oklahoma. There are five players committed from the state of Oklahoma now, by the way, five. Number 477 nationally. We released his uh, video interview today and his story. You can go read that at hogsports.com. Cole Carson out of River, uh, Rivercrest High School in Bogota, Texas. His season will actually start on time. He's a small school guy, so the bigger schools have pushed their season back. But uh, Carson's season will start on time. Number 498 overall, number 43 offensive tackle. He's a guy that I think could probably play guard at Arkansas. Lucas Coley, <clears throat> you know, Kiwan Parker has been really active in recruiting other other Arkansas targets. They've got a group thread, you know, he's on Twitter and stuff. Lucas Coley has been, you know, really, really active, which is what you want to see out of quarterbacks. 6-1-203 out of Cornerstone Christian in San Antonio. He's the number 19 ranked dual threat quarterback in the country on 24-7 sports. We mentioned Solomon Wright, Chris Paul out of Chris County in Cordell, Georgia. 6-1-235 linebacker. Marco Avant, 6'3", 212, linebacker out of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Jermaine Hamilton Jordan, 6'1", 195, linebacker out of Kansas City, Missouri, Lincoln, Lincoln College Prep. All these guys, these three linebackers, 7'16", 804, and 836 overall prospects in the country. It's good to see Arkansas bring in a good number of linebackers. Jaden Wilson, wide receiver, 6'3", 172. This is a guy that I think has potential to, to move up in the rankings. Number 8883 nationally, DeSoto, Texas. Chase Lowry, cornerback, 6'180", out of Frisco, Texas, number 937 nationally. Devon Manuel out of Arnoldville, Arnoldville Louisiana, 6'8", 300-pound offensive lineman, a guy with – with a lot of upside. Hasn't been playing football a whole lot. We mentioned Landon Rogers, quarterback out of Little Rock Parkview. We mentioned Aaron Outley out of Parkview. And we mentioned Cameron Little out of Moore, Oklahoma, the kicker. So that's Arkansas's commitment list as it stands right now. Again, number 28 ranked class nationally. So one of the articles that I wrote recently was just about, and I've I've kind of talked about this before, but I, I don't know that I put it together all in one thought. But this is a this is another uh, you know it's an editorial. It's my opinion on Arkansas's football roster. Uh, basically, that the talent level on the roster does not represent going two and ten. Now I've said this before, like you can be it's it's it ex, maybe the talent on the roster can explain losing in the SEC. Okay, but it should not explain losing to San Jose State, Colorado State, North Texas, Western Kentucky, including getting blown out, your doors blown off at home against North Texas and Western Kentucky. Doesn't explain that because you could take you could take the talent from all those teams, the best players, and put them all together. I'm gonna I'm gonna tick off people <laughs> in these in these areas, but you could take the talent from all those teams and put them together, and you still wouldn't have a good a talent. Uh, with that super team as you would have on the whole Arkansas roster. You wouldn't. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. There's not a single player from any of those schools that would have chosen that school over Arkansas. Not one. Except for Ty's story, I guess. But he was kind of – the writing was on the wall for him. And, of course, he ended up hammering the final nail in Chad Morris's coffin in a game that Arkansas had to have, and they're down 35-7 at halftime. So, anyway, this kind of goes into that, just, you know, what went on under Chad Morris, the, the kinds of things that you hear. And I'll say this, and this is in the story too, but the most encouraging things about this current staff with Sam Pittman is what I don't hear behind the scenes. I don't hear – that so-and-so doesn't like somebody, that offense and defense doesn't get along, old guys don't get along with the young guys, coaches don't get along. I don't hear that kind of stuff. And granted, they have been separated for a good bit. They've been back for a while now. I mean, they've been back for, I mean, I guess it'll be two months when they start fall camp. So it's August 20, or it's July 27th, and that's August 7th when that starts. So, I mean, we're one and two-thirds of the way in one month and two-thirds of the way in right now. So you don't hear that kind of stuff. And that is the thing that Chad Morris failed to do at Arkansas. You'll never hear me criticize the recruiting. They did a fantastic job. And I go into another story breaking down not only not only what Chad Morris's staff did at Arkansas in recruiting. I think it's one reason you also see Sam – there's a lot of familiar faces around the recruiting department – you know, Justin Stepp is a really strong recruiter. He was kept on board. But, like, the people in the department that you don't hear a whole lot about, most of those people are still up there. And it's because they did a really good job in recruiting. What Chad Morris failed to do is to recruit his own team. And you've heard Sam Pittman talk about that time and again, and Pittman is accomplishing that. That's the first thing. It remains to be seen how good a coach Sam Pittman can be. We don't know because he doesn't have any head coaching experience. But we do know he's taking the right steps here. He's making sure that these guys know that he care about them, that he cares about them, that he's there for them, that he wants to make them the best football player. And you can't put it on the players so much. I mean, sure you can. Like, these guys didn't try. They should have. You have to have something. Almost everybody has to have a person or uh, a, something, a cause or something to rally around. And it really helps to have a leader. And I'm not saying that Chad Morris didn't try to lead. It's just that – these guys weren't going to follow. They weren't following him. They couldn't bring themselves to follow for whatever reason. And I've heard plenty of reasons why, but it's all speculation. I'm not going to get into that. But I don't see that being a problem with Pittman. I think they'll fight for him. I think if you ran into a situation with Sam Pittman's job on the line, they're going to fight for him. Even look at, you know, we, I brought this up, I know, too, and we were getting to a time where, like, things are getting re-brought up. But when you look at Brett Bielema at Arkansas, and, you know, Brett had his flaws, but – the guys battled back like hell against Ole Miss, against Coastal Carolina. I mean, he probably would have been fired on the field that day if he'd lost to Coastal Carolina. I mean, they almost beat Mississippi State and Missouri to close out the year. Why? Because they cared about it. They cared about his job. They cared about him being the coach. 
Chad Morris has to have it against Western Kentucky, a team that is outmanned almost position by position, and it's 35-7 at halftime. All right. I'm going to get to Curtis Wilkerson here. For those, if you're not follow, following Curtis Wilkerson, by the way, just puts out tremendous basketball content. His Twitter handle is at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. Does a great job. He's been with us for almost a month. This is his fourth week, I guess. And, I mean, he's already just taken the reins. I haven't had to jump on his rear end about anything, really. <laughs> hey, Trey. Hey, Curtis. I was just telling everybody how I hadn't had to jump down your throat about anything. You're doing such a great job. I'm I'm glad to hear it. Let's keep it that way. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Curtis, I was just telling everybody to follow you and stuff, and I kind of came up upon the next talking point. I know I'm getting to you just a few minutes early, but uh, Isaiah Joe, his decision is coming up. He has until August 3rd. What what do you think is going to happen? Are you hearing anything? Where do we stand here? Yeah, well, I know, you know, with the basketball program starting up their summer training camp last week, um, releasing a, a few tidbits here and there in terms of some videos and clips and things like that. Obviously, the first thing that everybody's looking for is, hey, is, is Isaiah out there? Is he out there practicing with the team? Uh, and, and it doesn't look like he was. And, mm-hmm. and that's not to be, you know, something that's unexpected. He's going through the draft process. There's a lot to lose in terms of, you know, getting out there and mixing it up. And then, you know, heaven forbid you go down with an injury, you know, Mm -hmm. during that time. So, um, I don't know that I was even necessarily expecting some of those things until a final decision was made. So that was a little bit of the news last week, but as of last night, uh, we received word that both Isaiah and Mason received invites to the NBA draft combine. Now, that's after that August 3rd deadline. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily going to impact that decision, but it does give Isaiah a little bit better of an idea of where he stands in the process. Those invites go out to, I believe, the, the top 60 vote getters uh, among, among the people that are in the pool, the draft pool there. So kind of gives him a little bit of, of clarity on where he stands. Uh, and, and hey, we're going to know here, I think, within the week. You know, August 3rd is that deadline. So. Yeah. Uh, sooner rather than later, fans are anxious to get some news there, but it's it's coming. It kind of stinks that the draft camp is after the deadline. I mean, like that's a big – I mean, that's an opportunity for you to see how you stack up, you know, you perform well. You might say, well, I'm going to I'm gonna stick this thing out. If you, you know, have a bad showing or something, you could pull back. But now that's not that's not the case. Yeah, it's, it, that's really tough. You know, this, this COVID-19 pandemic has thrown everything on its head. And you think about a year ago when Daniel Gafford was drafted. I mean, he was taken early in the second round, the number 38 overall pick. And by this point, he was already showing out in the NBA Summer League. He had mm-hmm. gone through the combine, got drafted, did a really nice job early on in the Summer League and got rewarded with a contract before playing his first actual uh, sanctioned professional game, you know, in the regular mm-hmm. season. So not only does Isaiah not have the opportunity to showcase his skills at the combine and, and prove those little things like, yeah, I've, I've recovered from the knee injury and yeah, I can, I can still shoot it. And I'm a good defender. All those little things that he would be able to show in person. 
he hasn't had that opportunity. And then uh, let's say that he does get drafted, maybe in the same area, mm-hmm. early, mid, second round. Uh, he's not going to have that opportunity to cement his roster spot in the summer league. So really, uh, it's unfortunate for a guy like Isaiah, who I think has great upside at the next level. All right, Curtis, call it. What's he going to do? You know, I, I I think I was on a couple weeks ago, and, and I was – it's been a coin flip. I feel like he was going to eventually come back. But I, I got to be honest, as the days have gone by here and we've been getting a little bit closer and, you know, hearing things and seeing where he's at with his combine, uh, if I, you know, go to my head had to make a decision today, I, I would actually lean towards him remaining in the NBA draft, unfortunately. I wonder – yeah, I, I wonder how it will go, though. Like, does the does, – August 3rd just get here and pass because I mean really he only has to make an announcement that he's withdrawing right that's right yeah that's right and you know it was with the social media age these days guys make these big videos and mm-hmm. commitment announcements and things like that and Isaiah has never really been that guy you know mm-hmm. he's not as active on some of those outlets as other people so you know it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if, if we just get a, a really subtle kind of announcement here within the next few days or like you said that time might come and go and you know we'll, we'll wake up on the third or the fourth and take a look and see if his name's still in the pool or not that wouldn't surprise me one bit I don't I don't recall him ever really announcing that I feel like it was just Musselman saying it on a zoom meeting one day you're you're 100% right it was you know there was a lot of speculation everyone kind of assumed that at the very right. least he was going to test the waters but yeah, he never made a formal announcement. You're right. It was it was uh, one of those Zoom press conferences where Musselman said, "Hey, he's he's testing the waters, gathering information, and doing interviews," and that's really how everyone found out. Well, let's uh, shift gears real quick to the guys that we do 100% feel will be here next week. And what's your you, you had some takeaways from the opening week of of hoops camp? Just kind of let us know what you're hearing behind the scenes. I know. We haven't had access in there or anything, but I know that you've heard some stuff here and there. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest takeaway, and uh, and you can also see this when you take a look at some of those clips that they've released, is just the difference in size. And I know we've talked about that a ton, but these guys are big. And mm. you take a look at the team and, and think about where they were last year, where, again, love Adriel Bailey, who, by the way, just, just yeah. signed a professional contract in yeah. Hungary. Congratulations to him. But when you have a, a guy like that, you know, at 6'6", that's playing out of position and defending the rim in the SEC, and then you turn around and you look and you see eight, nine guys who are as big or bigger than him on this next year's roster, that's really impressive. So seeing some of those guys in uniform and all together on the floor for the first time on some of these clips has been really telling how big they are. Uh, the weight that Connor Vanover has put on is noticeable, and it looks like he's carrying it well and moving well, which is mm. something that you really like to see. Uh, and then it sounds like, you know, these, these grad transfers that are coming in, and, and Jalen Tate, Vance Jackson, and Justin Smith, uh, they mean business. It, it sounds like they're a real deal uh, coming in in good shape and will provide, you know, a really good veteran presence, especially, you know, if, if Isaiah Joe goes uh, – into the NBA draft, you're going to have Desi Sills and Ethan Henderson as the only returners uh, with SEC experience on the roster. So you're going to have to lean on some of those incoming transfers like that. Uh, for them to come in and, and hit the ground running the way that they have is really good to see. So with shifting gears a little bit to recruiting, 
Arkansas doesn't have any commitments in 2021 or 2022. And I, I think some may look at that and say, like, whoa, it's, but I mean, you look across like some of the Blue Bloods, Duke only has one commitment in 2021. I think Kansas just has one, none in 2022 for either of those. And Kentucky, I don't think Kentucky has any commitments for either of those classes. Where Where is Arkansas right now in terms of 2021, 2022 recruiting classes? Sure. Well, in terms of 2021, this is going to be a really interesting class. Obviously, the, the in-state talent you know, outside of, of Jalen Riggs, at this point, it's not near as deep as it was in, in 2020 or that it's going to be in 2022. So mm-hmm. they've had to kind of expand their search to a degree. Wouldn't surprise me to see Arkansas really go with kind of a 50-50 between freshmen and you know the transfer route with this 2021 class. But some things to keep an eye on. Uh, big time, probably the top 2020 excuse me, 2021 target, Harrison Ingram, uh, he announced that he's cutting his list on August 1st. Now, uh, Arkansas has, you know, made the cut so far. I know that they're really high on him, and here's some reasons that they, they feel pretty decent about the spot that they're in with Ingram. So you'd really, I think he's cutting it to five or six. You'd really like to see Arkansas make that cut on August 1st and stay in play for him. Uh, Trey Alexander, another big-time scoring wing from Oklahoma, he's announced that he's going to trim his list soon as well. Now, you, you see home state teams like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State that have been hard after him, but Arkansas was on him early, and that's not far away. He plays a Heritage Hall in Oklahoma. He has a good relationship with Arkansas and the staff, so they hope to make the, the cut on that list as well. Um, another guy to keep an eye on. On Friday evening, making his announcement as four-star for K.J. Adams. Uh, I'm not sure Arkansas is in the driver's seat here. He did include the Hogs in his top ten. Uh, he's going to be deciding on Friday between Arkansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Baylor, Kansas, teams like that. I'm hearing a lot of buzz lately about Kansas with K.J., but you never know until the decision is made. So that's kind of where they stand right now with 2021. Now, when you move to 2022, uh, that's where things get interesting within the borders of the state. Yeah, much so, better in-state crop. Much better in-state crop. So 24-7 released a, a top 150 update for that 2022 class last week, and three in-state guys made the list. So Nick Smith, um, obviously Sylvan Hills, he came in at number 51. This is a guy that Arkansas is obviously very high on. He's been uh, ranked around that number 50 mark for quite some time now. And then two other guys made their debut Darian Ford out of Magnolia debuts at number 84 overall. Obviously, uh, people are very familiar with him. We've done some interviews with him recently. Big-time Arkansas target. And then Joseph Pinion, 6'6 wing out of Moralton, he kind of slid in there at the end at number 148 overall. And I think, you know, he's a guy, if he would have had the summer to showcase, probably would have been higher. I, I think he's got a ceiling that can get him in the top 100. Very intriguing player in Joseph Pinion. And then one other guy uh, within the borders of the state, Kel L. Ware, so 6'10", center from North Little Rock. He didn't make the top 150 cut, but he did achieve his ranking with 24-7. So if you go take a look at the composite now, that has him as the number 124 overall prospect in the country, and he's got a four-star ranking. So there's four guys right there just within the borders of the state uh, that are really starting to receive some nice clout and some nice recognition. And Arkansas is hot and heavy on all of them. Curtis Wilkerson joining us with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Again, follow Curtis if you haven't, Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. And uh, he does a great job for us. And this is – you wrapped up four weeks? 
I believe you. This, yeah, I think, I, yeah, I think it's a month tomorrow. Yeah, a month tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, you're joining us from St. Louis right now, and uh, are getting things wrapped up there, and we'll be in Fayetteville soon. Hopefully, by the start of fall camp on August seventh, right. and hopefully we will be in attendance at fall camp on August seventh. I'm not sure how they plan on doing things with the media there, but uh, Curtis does a great job. I think people who are listening in uh, can tell that just uh, from your knowledge of of basketball. And for those who don't know, I've, I've gone over Curtis's background before, and you were an NAI player, uh, an NAI coach, an interim head coach on the NAI level. You've worked in sports medicine, administration. You've worked with football, baseball, basketball. You've worked in the recruiting department, <laughs> so you and you've worked at busting brackets and prep poops, and that's that's quite a resume that you built up in uh, your thirty-two years. Yeah, jack of all trades, and, and hopefully I become a master of a few before it's all said and done. That's what I always say. You got to be to be in this industry, and I think you've you've chosen. I mean, just based on what we've seen so far, I think you've you've made a good choice here. But to be in this industry, you really have to be a multi-tool player and have a lot of different talents, and uh, we're seeing that. Any last uh, words of wisdom? Anything you want to add, Curtis? Before we let you go. Oh, uh, well, you know, just, just woke up this morning and, and was having my coffee and feeling optimistic after a weekend of Major League Baseball. And then mm, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I saw that all that was starting to get a little bit crazy. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm pulling a page out of your book, and I'm trying to stay as optimistic as I can that we get some good news about fall sports here soon. So yeah. fingers staying crossed that we, that we get some good news and we have some football in the near future. I believe you're, you're referring to the Marlins game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, canceled. I guess, or they postponed it. Yeah. Is it literally treated like a rain out? I mean, yeah, they, they they wound up playing yesterday. It was unreal, and then all of a sudden, yeah, now fourteen people have popped positive, and they're canceling a few games and having some emergency meetings. I mean, they knew that this was going to happen. Yes, you know, at, at that's point, that's my so. that's my fear of it, Curtis. Like you know, like we're going into this. Like if anybody thinks that people aren't going to get coronavirus while we're playing sports, then they're mistaken. So. Right. How is the reaction going to be? Is it going to be an overreaction, or is it going to be? I mean, you know this going in. It's the goal isn't here. Here isn't to stop everybody from getting coronavirus. Is to mitigate, limit as much as possible. So that's exactly right, and that's why I do give you know conferences like the SEC a lot of credit for the approach that they've taken because now they have the luxury of being able to see how this plays out mm-hmm. before they make their own plans. So yeah. I think that's actually a good thing for them. Yep. All right, Curtis. Appreciate you, brother. Absolutely, anytime. All right, that's Curtis Wilkerson. Again, you can follow him at, at Curtis Wilkerson, excuse me, at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. And, of course, read all his content at hogsports.com. Does a great job. All right, we're going to jump into your questions, of course. So if you have some, I'm going to try to skip over like some of the, uh, I mean, I really appreciate all the, you know, shout outs from different locations and stuff, but we're going to try to stick to the questions if we can and, uh, and get through them a little bit faster. Before we get started, of course, though, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. Always available on Facebook Live. If you haven't thrown us that thumbs up, then do so. If you haven't followed the page, please follow the page as well. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a like on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications bell so, if you, <laughs> so you're notified whenever we upload new videos. And, of course, interact, share on both of those platforms again. Uh, also available on Apple Podcasts, throw us that five-star review. If you haven't taken time to do this that yet, we would love to have that from you and available anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. And sign up right now at Hog Sports 
for $1 for your first month or 30% off your first year as we gear up, hopefully, to the start of some activity in fall camp. All right. Seeing Frank's doing option stuff with Boyd got me hyped. You're going to see a lot of running in this. It's from Chase Hogan Jones. You're going to see a lot of running in this offense. I think a lot of people think it's just like spread wide open passing, and it, it, there is a lot of that, but typically they run for more yards than they pass under Kendall Browse. Brandon Holly says, Trey Biddy, who is the next tight end the Hogs are looking at? Does Muss and company have a shot at landing any of the five-star basketball recruits? I think we kind of covered that. Uh, as far as tight ends, I don't know with um, Colin Sutherland and Blaine Toll both coming on last year if they'll go after another one or not. They could. Um, but that might be a better question for Danny. Ryan D. Summer says, I know – I know Franks will likely get the initial nod to start. What is your sense of KJ or Malik competing for a start this year? You know, Derek King at Miami has already been named the starter there, apparently. Uh, but I do think that you're going to see Felipe be named the starter, maybe early. I, or I think it'll be, you know, fairly apparent just for his, you know, when you consider we had a list on 24-7 sports of the top 10 career passing yardage leaders in college football who are returning this year the top 10 Felipe would have been on that list had he not in tour or uh, dislocated his ankle last year three games into the season but he was only 486 yards shy of being one of the top 10 career passing leaders in college football only only 486 yards and only played three games last year so I think that there's a strong chance that we're going to see Felipe. I think that there's a strong chance that he makes it through the year. Now, there is an article. Let's see here. There's an article from Curtis on K.J. Jefferson's. What? Where does K.J. Jefferson fit in the plans for Arkansas? Now, with Malik Hornsby, I think, obviously, you'd like to try to maintain the red shirt maybe play him in four games. He's super fast. He's faster than any of the other quarterbacks. So, you know, Jefferson's more of a strider, a guy that moving faster than you think, a guy that can plow you over, big, strong lower body, big, thick legs on K.J. Jefferson. Malik is more of a speed, shifty guy. But I think that you could see K.J. in some, like, as Texas called it, the locomotion. Arkansas used to call it the grave digger. You know, there have been different, different names for it. But I think you could see him – in situations for that where you need some short yardage, you don't want to put the hit on Felipe. And it's obvious a quarterback run might be coming. So I could see that kind of role for him. Hopefully he gets some playing time. Hopefully Arkansas can develop some leads against non-conference teams if that's played. There's been talk of a plus-one schedule where you just play Notre Dame. be tough to get mop-up duty time against SEC opponents, especially when you haven't won one in a long time. David Weathers says, how many years has it been since we've had so many capable basketball players on one team? I really, you know, like football, it would really stink if we didn't play football. I mean, just football is dramatically popular, obviously. There's nothing like it to me. Basketball is a close second for me. But this team could be, even without Joe, it could be really, really good. So that would stink if something happened to get in the way of that year because a lot of these guys, you know, are seniors – Grad transfers, et cetera. 
But it's been a while since they've been this good, in my opinion. And without even seeing them play, I just think they're going to be really good. It'd be interesting. It's like, who's the guy that steps up? Who's the go-to guy like Mason emerged to last year? I don't know if you'll have a guy quite like that, but somebody will. Somebody will be the guy. And we don't know who that is yet. Matthew Philpot says, after this year, Franks can't get another season. Who will be starting next year if Franks can't get another season? Yeah, because we think that it's possible under the new revised six-year eligibility rule, he does qualify to do that. But then I think you're if it's not him, then I think you're going to see an open battle between uh, the guys coming back, particularly K.J. Jefferson and Malik Warnsby. I think those are the that would be the two front runners. Who do you expect to be the opening day tight end? Says Brian Malone. I think it's I think it's Hudson Hudson Henry is the tight end of the future at Arkansas. Matthew Lowe says, How do you feel some of the about some of the 2020, 2022 O line class that we talked about? We kind of went over the class. I think there's a possibility that you'll see um, maybe two more uh, in this class just because I do think it'll be defense heavy, but the numbers aren't quite right. You know, you had Kirby Adcock leave football early for due to injuries and stuff. So I think Pittman would rather be like more like 17 scholarship offensive linemen instead of like, I think they're at 14 right now. Aaron Wayne Moore says, have you been able to see how things are going from football walkthroughs? Just videos and, and pictures. I mean, we haven't gotten a lot. I'm hoping that at some point we get an opportunity to talk to some assistant coaches or Sam Pittman just about how things have gone so far. Maybe they invite us in one day. I doubt that. I doubt we get any kind of invite until August 7th. But I have no idea. We may not get that. I have no idea what they're planning. I wonder how they're going to do press conferences. Are we going to continue just to Zoom press conferences post-practice? Like go to maybe we, we get some access to practice and then – I mean, like, the only way to do a press conference is to put us in the team meeting room to where we could, like, do the social distancing thing. It's put us in a team meeting room, which I doubt they want to do that since the players use that also. Or they set us up outside. I could see us, like, you know, them having spots. Like, you know, you can stand here, stand here, stand here. It would make it difficult to type in the middle of a press conference or get internet. But I don't know. Maybe they set some. I have no idea. But I would imagine something's going to be, you know, where we're six feet apart from each other, probably supposed to wear a mask, 100%. I mean, you have to wear a mask. Um, but if not, then I could see them doing it Zoom style. I don't know. But hopefully that won't stop them from letting us, you know, be on the sidelines, you know, during practice. And especially maybe like if they practice in the stadium, I don't see why that would be that big a deal because we could obviously social distance in the stadium. We have plenty of room to sit in the stands. John Davidson says, are we going to have football and basketball this season? I really miss my hogs. I mean, just keep your fingers crossed, John. Just keep your fingers crossed. I mean, that's about all we can say right now. Joshua Shiver says, Trey, in your opinion, who's going to be a breakout player this year that many are not talking about? A breakout player that many aren't talking about? I mean – I could see Marcus Miller. In fact, we released – you can also go to Hogsports and see this. I did my uh, week one projected three-deep uh, three depth chart in conjunction with a story I did where I went through everybody on the two-deep 
and broke down the scholarship offers that they had out of high school. Just to kind of show you, you know, these guys that are on Arkansas's roster had options. For the most part, the two deep guys had really strong options. There's a couple of guys here and there. You know, Grant Morgan's a former walk-on. Hayden Henry was a, a blue shirt candidate. Ricky Stromberg was a guy that really exploded late, and he was probably going to be a, a blue shirt guy at Oklahoma or a gray shirt or something like that at Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, ended up at Arkansas, but he was a four-star recruit. So, but for the most part, you look through this roster and these guys had options coming out. Big programs wanted not just like one other, but for most of them, multiple. Most of them had SEC offers. So, it's not like these guys are just, you know, you beat directional Louisianas for all of them. It's, that's not what the roster is made up of. And again, I'm not saying that the talent on the roster can't excuse losing SEC games, but it doesn't excuse – it definitely doesn't excuse the non-conference games. So, to answer your question as far as breakout players, I could see a couple of guys that I, I've looked at that I could see a possibility of emerging in the starting lineup. I could see Bo Lemmer. Um, maybe – I don't know. A lot of people are talking about him. Um, wide receiver, I think it's pretty much the guys that you would expect – you know, we've talked about Traylon Smith, so I don't know if he counts as a possibility as a backup running back. I'm still waiting for T.J. Hammonds. I know he's got a lot of potential. Tied in, I mean, I think most people are expecting Hudson Henry. I said Marcus Miller. I projected him as a starter. It's a leapfrog. I just think that Jonathan Marshall is the best-looking defensive tackle on the team. He's a redshirt senior. His second best-looking defensive tackle is a redshirt freshman named Marcus Miller. So Marcus Miller is a possibility as well. I could see Monteric Brown really making some noise this year. I know that he's a st returning starter, but I could see him like elevating the way people people view him. Jalen Catalan is another, but we've been talking about him too a good bit. I mean, the hope is you listen to the show and you're not surprised by anything, right? <laughs> Joshua Shiver says, also, do you feel once Sam Pittman left George – also, do you feel once Sam Pittman left for Georgia that Arkansas football started to go downhill fast because of the horrible offensive play since he left? You got to win the trenches. I think I think there was a lot from that Mississippi State game that year before he left, his last year at Arkansas, that, you know, started things going with Pittman leaving. And really, I think that's when things kind of started falling downhill. Um, it mainly had to do – I mean, like you could – Bielema could have gotten, gone out and gotten another good offensive line coach, but he didn't. He got, he got Kurt Anderson, who was a dramatic step down from Sam Pittman. I mean, dramatic step down. And a lot of the hires that, Pittman, that excuse me, Bielema made, I mean, the first staff that he had at Arkansas was exceptional. And then he kept replacing guys with, with you know, worse coaches. I mean, the first two running backs coaches that he had went on to the NFL. They left Arkansas for running back job, head, you know, not the assistant running back coach or anything like that, but the running back coach job in the NFL. And you replace those two guys with Reggie Mitchell, who had no chance of being going to the NFL as a running backs coach. And there, there, there are other examples of hires like that. Patrick Parker says, do the Hogs have a 1,000-yard receiver this year? I think they will. I mean, I think that there's a good chance that they get this offense back going again. If they don't, then I think they have maybe a couple of guys in Trey Knox and and uh, Traylon Burks that 
are close to it, but maybe one of them didn't hit it. Maybe they they have kind of equal results. Matt Robertson says, start activity of fall camp. That's August 7th. There will not be football this year. You're not allowed to talk like that on here, Matt. Only positive vibes. Marco Giles says, Trey, what's the word on Dion Stewart? There haven't been any updates on him in a while. He's just not on the roster. There was no update. Dion didn't say I'm leaving or anything. He's just he's not on the roster anymore. Matthew Lowe says, what offensive lineman in the 2022 class do you feel good about? Well, they've got three commitments right now. Let me see if I can bring up Danny's big red board. It's, I think it's been a little bit since we've revised this. But, again, that's a better question for Danny, who's our main football recruiting guy. I mean, I'm really just – I'm the publisher. I do this show. I blast everything out. I organize everything. It's hard for me to cover recruiting also. But Danny's obviously got other obligations he's seeing too right now. But this has been a little while since it's – let's see. All right. So Terry Wells is on board, Cole Carson's on board, Devon Manuel's on board. And then there's really a list of guys like T.J. Ferguson out of Georgia, who's a four-star recruit, Remington Strickland out of uh, Sugarland, Texas, Charlie Sims out of Detroit, and that's a guy that they've been on for a while. But I, don't, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying, like, watch out for this guy at this point. So sorry I can't really answer that question very good for you, but I do think that they'll probably try to take a couple more in the class. Aaron Stalling says, Patrick Parker, Traylon Burks. Tony Ball says, do we have a linebacker coming in that can compete for a starting job? Uh, I wouldn't say – I mean, I would say uh, – I'm spacing on the kid from Oklahoma. La. Why am I forgetting his name right now? Anybody – <laughs> remind me his name but uh I just wrote about him the other day too but um I would say he's got a shot I would project the starting linebackers right now to be Grant Morgan bumper pool and Hayden Henry if they went to a three linebacker set but um I don't know if there's a guy that's going to commit that, that's going to compete for the starting job Levi Draper is going to compete for the starting job aside from Levi Draper I've heard some really good things about Zach Zymos also um one coach told me last year that they think he might be a more athletic version of Bumper Pool. He just needed to add weight. He was super skinny last year. We've all been waiting for Andrew Parker to emerge. Sometimes with a new coaching staff, things get shaken up. A guy seizes opportunity and seizes it. But I think it's going to be Bumper, Grant, Hayden. Um, linebackers, the, you know, kind of the scariest group when you can, you know, look at the depth of everything. Bumper, Grant, Hayden, Zach, Draper. Andrew Parker, Dion Edwards, probably your top linebackers. So, appreciate that, Stephen Wilson. Scott McAfee says, "Do we have any expectations of our secondary being much improved?" I think they will be. I wrote an article recently that there's reason for cautious optimism with the Razorback secondary. And when I write stories like they're going to be better and stuff, I'm usually talking about like getting back to maybe a point where we say, "Okay, average." <laughs> mediocre average just not a utter disaster but um, the reason for my thinking on this when you go back to 2016 Arkansas had zero four-star recruits in the secondary and you fast forward to now and there are five suddenly five four-star recruits uh, Monteric Brown is one of them who I think has a chance to play at the next level if he builds on what he did last year and stays more consistent throughout he kind of tapered off towards the end of the last year but strong tackler tall rangy 
um, fast, good coverage guy. Um, and I say that, you know, five in the secondary, but there's also Ladarius Bishop, who wasn't a composite four-star, but he was a four-star on one of the services also. So, um, but Monteric Brown, you know, Devin Bush got a year under his belt. Greg Brooks has a year under his belt. Jalen Catalan has a year under his belt now. Uh, I think he's probably a projected starter for you. Uh, you got Miles Slusher coming in who enrolled early as a safety and unfortunately wasn't able to go through spring. I'm not a big fan of freshman safeties playing a whole lot because they get you in trouble if they play too much, but uh, he's a guy that's really promising for the future. So I think that they are in better shape. And you also have uh, Jerry Jacobs coming in from Arkansas State who's probably a projected starter for you. May have to compete. Him and Jarquez McClellan I could see battling uh, for a starting spot. So that's pretty much where things are in the secondary. But I do think there's a real good chance that they could be improved with some change in coaching and, you know, a little confidence and, you know, somebody to rally around. All right, this is going to be the last one from Anthony DJ Ant Tenor. Is TJ Hammond still on the roster, and what do you think Browse is going to do with him and his offense? I mean, I could see him being a guy – I've always seen him as a guy shuffling in and out, shuffling from wide receiver to running back. I don't know exactly how they'll use him, but, I mean – We've seen flashes of him. He's still on the roster. I have him projected as my third-team running back right now, unless they came into a situation where they needed a bigger back and then they you know, might go with somebody else. But um, right now he's my third-team running back. It's in his fifth year. So um, Matthew says, Trey, you were talking about 2021 offensive line. I was mostly talking about guys like Marion Harris. I know uh, those guys aren't there yet. but they may. I mean, I think Marion Harris, um, Andrew Shambly, at a moral – excuse me, out of um, – uh, uh, Mommel, uh, I think Arkansas, you'd have to consider them to be the leader for those two guys. All right, everybody, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. We've gone 52 minutes here. I want to thank you guys for joining me. I want to thank Curtis Wilkerson for joining, providing his insight on hoops. Appreciate you guys' question. Once again, congratulations to Danny and Ashley West and Parker. I forgot to mention Parker West, the other daughter. Um, congratulations to her on getting a baby sister, Mason Lynn West. Really happy for all you guys. All right, everybody, we'll be back with you guys uh, later in the week. I want to, yeah, I don't have anybody else to thank, I guess, but uh, pray for football. Doesn't make you a bad person to play for. Pray for. <laughs> this is a hell of an ending to the show. Doesn't make you a bad person to pray for football. All right, everybody, appreciate you for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.